Welcome, welcome to another episode of Keeping It Orange and Blue. I'm Ryan Evan, joined as always, Kevin Ducey. What's up, Kev? Not much, Ryan. Uh, you know, finished uh, one of my favorite Saturdays of the year, watching some college football championships. It was a fun day. I got some more stuff to expand on what I think happened today. And, uh, you know, line up basketball with a big win. So Saturday was a good day. And uh, it was a good day in more than more ways than one for one side of the street and the other this weekend. We got some great news on the football side. So all in all, it's good stuff, man. Yeah, definitely a big win against Rutgers. Um, and uh, even though the Illini football season ended, big things have been happening ever since the loss of Northwestern, I think. Absolutely. Big news on the recruiting trail. You know, Daniel Brown, Andrew Dennis, you know, and then they're, they're you know, they're visiting Trey Petty now and a bunch of other kids. They've got offered some more Juco defensive backs will be visiting. But, you know, of recent, the biggest news of late uh, is like, how is Illinois going to replace the law firm? You know, it's, two, you know, you got one generational talent. So there's not like there's big shoes to fill. I mean, uh, no, but 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 I think there might be. And I think they've got some quality coming in. And uh, so the defensive line was a huge thing of need. And Illinois got a commit from Clay Patterson, who all Ivy, you know, FCS All-American, Kev. I'm not sure if you got a chance to look at his tape yet. Yeah, absolutely. Super impressive that, uh, you know, we need we need to pass rush from the defensive line spot as Illinois and running the 3-4, the, the traditional 3-4 and that we're going to bring Coleman and Yakis and Bryant off the edges, but we need to get pass rush from defensive ends that are a little bit bigger. And that's what he does. 11 and a half sacks, I think in the 22 season, uh, really it's phenomenal closing speed, uh, good size, uh, just tough football player. I'm excited to have him on board. Yeah. I mean, only if we could have him with us, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> only if we could hear from him, hold on. Oh, there we go. All right. What's up, Clay? Thanks for joining us. What's up? Of course. Thanks for having me. And um, so me and Kev, you know, have to get our step our game up because this kid has alluded to earlier. Don't have many people from Yale on. So uh, I don't want my questions to be, uh, you know, up to your standard. But thanks for joining us. And uh, what my first question for you, uh, what was the biggest reason that you know, uh, Illinois stuck out to you. So, you know, quickly seemed to be pretty decently. I mean, I'm not sure how long they'd been talking to you, but yeah. what was the reason that they kind of stuck out to you? I think, I think, um, and y'all mentioned them um, already, uh, Newton and Randolph, the the D-line pedigree at Illinois, jumped off the, the screen for me automatically off the jump. And then, you know, just talking to Coach B, talking to Coach Jamison, they really wanted me and they saw the value that I saw myself in me. So I think that just with talking to them and, and, and their, their need for D line next year and my want to go somewhere that I'm wanted and then somewhere that I can produce and, and play off, off the jump was really important. So um, that's probably the main thing. Now, like, you know, Clay, we, like Ryan said, you know, first of all, you know, a, a lot of credit has to go to you. And, and furthermore, your parents, I mean, it, you know, just to get into an Ivy League school is impressive. On top of it, I, you know, I've had so many friends of mine that have been D1 athletes. I know that being a D1 athlete in college is like a, it's a full-time job and being a full-time student it is a really tough thing to balance. So so kudos to you. So I, I, I preface that with the question is like, is the NFL still in, in your goals and your dreams? I mean, you're obviously a smart guy. What, what's your career goals and aspirations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think so. The NFL really came on my on my uh, in my vision, my uh, freshman summer going into sophomore year. So I really realized that it was a, a realistic opportunity for me. So I decided to stay home in my summers at Yale and just and just work have coaches and have trainers and just work, you know what I mean? And this year, uh, I had two options, go do a pro day and declare for the draft or come back, play another year with the opportunity to develop and then improve my stock. So I chose the latter and I'm really excited with, with the opportunity that has, has come about and I'm just ready to work. What, uh, you know, through the process of uh, what um, is it, you know, talking with the coaching staff, the scheme that Illinois got, are you thinking that that's going to be real conducive to your game? You know, obviously you've had a great career at Yale. Is there something about the Illini scheme and, and that you saw that you were like, you know, I know I can go go make an impact there and play in the yeah. Big Ten? Yeah. 
you're playing against the best. If you look at Illinois' schedule next year, I mean, you're going to be going against some of the some of the best O lines in the country. So, I mean, is that another thing that was was something that you were interested in? No, hundred percent. The competition and just playing big time football played a big role. But I think just talking to Coach Jamison, the scheme um, that Illinois runs with the the two four eyes and the nose. I played in for 15 games, started in for 15 games, started inside for 50 games in my career. So it's just like the block recognition side, the versatility across the D-line, I think I fit really well in one of those four-eye spots, whether it be the boundary or the field. And that was really exciting for me because I think everything I've gone through in the past position-wise is going to give me an advantage for sure coming into the scheme at Illinois. Yeah, I, I'm excited to, to have you on board. Like I said, I watched some of your tape, and I was really, uh, you know, you 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 are a tremendous pass rusher for your size, you know, and that's kind of what Illinois needs to replace. One of the things that I saw in the evolution of Johnny Newton from a, a, a really good player early on to an absolute star, and probably you know day one at first round NFL pick was his was his hand usage. And I think that's something that probably that's got to be coached, right? I mean, that's not yeah. something that you just learn in high school how to how to have those violent hands. Is that something that also attracted you to Illinois? I mean, is that something you think you can improve upon? Or no, no, hundred percent. I mean, when you look at obviously Newton coming in was four star prospect, right? Uh, very hyped up, very good player. But then his development along his uh, career at Illinois was something that attracted me, and who was under Coach Jameson and and my opportunity to work with him definitely there's there's a this this the the roof is um or or the for lack of a better term just there's there's no ceiling with how much he can take my game so i'm just excited to work with him in spring ball and fall camp um and just and just really have that opportunity to develop my game my technique my pass rush all that because i mean he's proven it with the with his past d-lineman so the proof is in the pudding right there you graduate here in a couple of weeks and then you're heading to Champaign in January to start working out with the team? Yes. So I'll be, I'll be enrolling in January. Um, have uh, a couple of finals left to finish out and then I'll be on for uh, the full spring schedule and then into summer and, and fall camp. What do you, uh, what are you getting your degree in and what do you plan on studying at Illinois and did academics factor into your choice to come to Illinois? Yeah. So um, I, I'm majoring in economics and I'd honestly say that although Illinois is a great school, I was really mainly focused on football. So I wanted to find the, the best football fit. I have the Yale degree under my belt. I don't feel like obviously it'll help my resume out getting a, a grad degree at Illinois, but I'm mainly focused on football and this is a full football decision for me. And now, so you'll, be, you'll start focusing on your MBA then while in school? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right on. That's cool, yeah. man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, impressive career so far at Yale. I mean, intelligence. Uh, so got a lot going for you. Are you going to be helping? Uh, you think, are you going to be trying to help do some recruiting now too? He already uh, is, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. You know the answer. We saw his Twitter. <laughs> oh, hey, you already know, 100%. So I, I was telling um, someone earlier today, like one of my one of my close friends, best friends is ending in the portal on Monday. So if if Illinois wants them, I'm going to be on his tail to come because I feel like the coaching staff, Coach B, just just the program's in the right direction, and I'm excited about next year and taking it to the next, the next level for sure. Now, do, do, do you plan on wearing 97 at Illinois? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. and, and know that, you, know, you know that means something, right? I know it means a lot, and, and I'm happy to take on that and, and represent 97 in a good way. Yeah, I was gonna say because yeah, it's uh, so and and the fact is if they, if they're gonna allow you to do that, that should you should be honored too. So yeah, no, hundred percent. And, and Coach B had that that talk with me, and that's the plan right now. If for whatever reason I'm okay with whatever happens, but I'm I'm honored to be wearing that number and supporting um him and just Illinois in that manner. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so awesome to hear that. Kev, you got anything else for him? I don't want to keep him much more, but just super happy he could jump on. And we, we do these things, you know, so the Illini fans can hear you and see you. Like you, people can read articles all they want. Yeah. But, but when you really see somebody and you can hear them, their perspectives and how much things mean to them, I think you get a really better grasp on it. So I, I appreciate you jumping on, Clay. 100%. 100%. Now, uh, I, I've just got two. One's kind of a fun question, but the other one is uh, – so I assume the, your, your 
your friend that's entering the portal is that is that Dathan Hickey or is that is that somebody else? Someone else, someone else. Okay, yeah, yeah. all right. So, so I see that you're, you you've already mentioned Dathan Hickey. Uh, yeah. could, what what can you tell us about him? And then I know Illinois got their eyes on a couple other Ivy League transfers, specifically Joey yeah. Slackman, uh, and, and maybe the Thor kid from Harvard. What what can you tell us about those three guys? And then yeah. I see you, I see you have a good good hat, so you can answer this afterwards. You, you, you're a golf fan, and are you aware I, how good a golf school Illinois is? <laughs> I got I, yes, I'll answer that after this. So Dathan, <laughs> one of my good friends, um, great leader at Yale. He's been plagued by some injuries, so coming out of his sophomore season, he was getting recruited by uh, NFL. Uh, a lot of a lot of scouts coming to watch him play, and just unfortunately towards ACL, came back for another year with us, and then towards MCL. So. He's a great player. Wherever he ends up is going to be great. I just had a bunch of coaches follow me, so I just wanted to get his his uh, name out, you know what I mean, give him as much opportunity as he could get. And then Absolutely. Slackman and Thor, great players, you know, great competing against them. I don't know them on a personal level, but obviously it's just, it's just good to see um, D-line talent coming out of the Ivy League for sure because I feel like it's there. We got good players in our league, and, and we're going to show it next year for sure. Well, you beat Slackman to the punch, so you get 97. So he'll have to choose a different number. So that, that's yeah, on him. His exactly. choice. You want to jump on early? Yeah, uh, what, what? One last thing. I just it just came up to me. You know, uh, you're obviously a very good pass rusher. I assume uh, you, you probably you know you're a big guy. What, you're about six three two ninety. Is that what I yeah. saw? Is that what I read? Uh, what, yeah, what do you think, what do you what do you think you need to improve upon to get to the next level and to be uh, a high level contributor at the Big Ten level, like what, 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 what? Per, I mean, you've been in, you've been in college for four plus years yeah. now. And like, what? It's kind of hard. What, what do you in your mind? What do you need to get better at? I think I think there's two things. One is being coached by the best, and, and Coach Jamison's one of the top D line coaches in the country. So, I've had great coaches in the past, but I think this will take my game to the next level. And then just the facilities. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. it's a big time program. Everything you need is at Illinois. And I've seen it. They've shown me that uh, over a Zoom call. I'm excited for my visit next weekend. But I just think the the facilities, the development side, that's what's really going to take me to the next level because I've been I've been doing it, but it it's it hasn't been at that top tier development level, which I'm excited for. Wait yeah, till you see, wait till you see the Smith Center, man. Woo! It's legit, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. And then on the golf, yeah. So I started playing uh, this past year and. And ever since I started playing, I, I've been playing a lot because our quarterback, Nolan Grooms, he put me on. He's a good golfer. And, and yeah, so I was asking Coach Jamison about courses nearby uh, the other day on our on when he came up to see me. So I, I'm, I'm excited for that. Hey, Kevin, well, Kevin can hook you up with that. Kevin knows the area pretty well. Let's go. Let's go. We got to play. Well, yeah, dude, that would be amazing. I tell you this, holler at, holler at uh, Caleb Griffin. He's a graduating kicker. He's his okay. roommates. He was roommates with Adrian Dumont Duchasar, who uh, will be on the PGA Tour next year. Get you hooked up with some of those golf guys, man. Yeah, and uh, it's sure. like it's a really, really good golf program. It's yeah. Illinois has been in the national championships uh, almost more than anybody else over the past ten to fifteen years. So. Uh, really appreciate you coming on, Clay. Our show is really designed for fans. Like Ryan and I are not media guys. We we are just we are just guys who live and bleed orange and blue. And uh, you're part of our family now. Aaron Henry's a friend of mine, so say what's up to my guy. I think you're gonna love Aaron's energy and his intensity. And I, I look forward to you getting out there at record shop and getting some TFLs for us, man. Yes, sir. That's the plan. <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks, yes, Clay. Sir. We talking. Thank soon. you so much. Yes, yeah. sir. Appreciate Thanks you. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. See you guys. See ya. Good luck. Ryan coming th coming through with the win, my man. Swami. We I say anyway, thanks. Get that degree, Clay. We appreciate you. Yep. So <clears throat> yeah, coming through with a with a awesome young man. And uh I think the point is is that we've had several players on here. That's not a surprise. I don't think anybody could be surprised about that. It's more about people's schedules and we do these shows in the evenings, you know, Sunday night or Monday night, and not everybody can can do that. Clay was a, a, a cool dude. He messaged me, you know, within a couple hours and let me know when, when his schedule would work, and we <clears throat> we got him on here. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about him, though, Clay, Kevin, because, you know, a big question was going to be that fit. Like, I think D Daxon can come back one more year, right? No, he's done. Bielema okay. said so. It's, it's not going to work out, so unfortunately. So, Daxon's done. Barnes done, right? 
Tariq Barnes, yes, I believe so. That's correct. No, 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 Bryce Barnes. Bryce Barnes, yes, no. Yeah, I think Tariq might actually have another year left. Sorry. Uh, okay. I was trying. Actually, I'll be honest with you. Here, you know, we got the fan interactions, and I'm looking up. Uh, I'm looking up on Ryan Turner stuff, and so I was just a little bit distracted there. But yeah, uh, yeah, Barnes is gone. Yeah, five years. So, so, so think kid. about that. Someone said the top three defensive linemen are done. Let's just keep it real. Daxon's gone. Barnes is gone. Newton's gone. Randolph's gone. Really? Yep. The top it's four. Set. It's it said McConnell and T. Rod Edwards as guys who got legitimate run on that defensive front. I mean, you could throw in Alex Bray, right? Was it? Uh, yeah, Alex Bray got some run, number eleven. Um, but you know, you're gonna have to have some guys step up. But they're gonna have to be active in the portal. I don't, from what I understand, they're definitely not done pursuing Joey Slackman. Uh, I don't know what our interest is in Thor Griffith, uh, but you know, we got to go back there and get and continue to try and get some more dudes. And I don't think we're done. I, you know, I know no, Illinois. Hell no. We're hot. We're hot and heavy in the O line portal right now. You know, talk to our guy Ked; he can fill us in on that. But like, Illinois is working out there, so uh, yeah, because they know. They got to. Yeah, they know. They know, and then uh, they've got uh, a three star uh, JUCO uh, defensive back who was he just followed me. JPL. Yep. Uh, no, not JPL. Sorry, uh, he just followed me. And uh, let me see here. <clears throat> Tyrain Stewart. <clears throat> yep. Tyrain right. Stewart just followed me. Uh, yep. So he, <clears throat> the three-star Juco defensive back, he got offered earlier today. Right on. Uh, Aaron Henry looks like offered him. So he uh, is a kid that looks like in the next two weeks he'll be, um, he played at uh, East Mississippi. Uh, yeah. So five-time national junior college national champion, et cetera, et cetera. They were on last chance you, you know, so he's a good player and they're still in that portal. You can tell they're hitting that. There's a reason that they're hitting that Juco portal for defensive backs, because I think you saw like, you can't just depend on, they had so much youth. You need to mix in some older guys in there uh, to help out. Uh, I know I don't, I really don't expect Taz to be back. Um, so, you know, they're going to need guys to help Xavier Scott and strain and, uh, Anybody else that's still left there after the portal uh, has ended, but sad to see Sean Miller go. I know that yeah, was, absolutely, that was, yeah. you know, and it, it just didn't work out. Sadly, I think, you know, I had been talking to his mom off and on for the last year, you know, and I know they love the program. They love Bielma's vision. And sadly his injury just kind of derailed some progress, but I know he was a guy that could have contributed uh, if, uh, if he would have had the chance. So, um, real quick here, let's see in the chat what we got. Any shot at Ryan Turner? Says Master Kevin. What do you What do you think? Well, he's a Hollywood, Florida kid, you know, and that that's Aaron Henry's that's Aaron Henry's place. I don't I didn't know that. We, I don't think we were in on him out of out of high school. He's a three star kid from down there, which you know, three star kid from Hollywood, Florida is probably like a four star DB at, in Illinois. Uh, It'd be interesting. I mean, obviously the kid was good enough to to be on Ohio State's roster. Probably just got a little buried on the depth chart. Uh, it'll be. I, I think Illinois will. Pro, I mean, Illinois will probably make some inquiries there. But I think just like what you said is Illinois has got a lot of young defensive backs already. I think Turner's a guy who who, who would have maybe three years to play, maybe maybe more. He might have redshirted. You know, we've got Zachary Toby. We've we've got Elijah McCantos. We've got young DBs back there. I think exactly what you're saying is Illinois is looking for some guys with some experience. Dathan Hickey, I mean, I looked up some of his stuff, and that's the Yale kid that uh, Clay talked about that he pumped his stuff up already. If he's healthy, that that kid could come in and play. Like he he can come in, he can be a defensive back for us. And I think one of the things that we saw is we saw some just just some uh, mental lapses or or breakdowns in coverage where. You know, guys not picking up certain guys that they need to pick up and, and coverage breakdowns that are, that are beyond skill. Like, I mean, I think that the guys that we have have the athleticism and the ability to be Big Ten cornerbacks because that's really where the situation is challenging is cornerbacks. I think they just need some more experience. I think they need a little bit more age. And I think – so that's where I think we're going to put a lot of our focus in that transfer portal specific – transfer portal in the JUCO world for, for a DB. Yeah, and, and regardless uh... – what what goes on? I really do trust the staff uh, to 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 do the 
do the right things in the portal and get guys they need. And 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 Brett Bielema's going to take it serious because, you know, as frustrating as last year was, they should be bowling right now, mm-hmm. you know, to, to see get teams like Minnesota make it five and seven in the APR, you know, they're number one in the APR. They got to go bowling. Didn't deserve it, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, to yeah, see – with their quarterback transferring out too, I mean, what's PJ Fleck going to do over there? Bowling Green is going to beat Minnesota, and they're going to go five and eight, and that's just <laughs> awful. It's an awful look. So it is what it is. Um, but not just with that said, you look around and see Northwestern seven and five playing in the Vegas Bowl. You know, it's like Illinois is right. Illinois literally beat themselves against Northwestern. You know, it was Wisconsin's <laughs> playing LSU in the ReliaQuest Bowl. You know, a game that Illinois blew up, what, up 18 or whatever it was. Yeah, 14. Yeah, in the, the fourth quarter. it's, And I think that's just motivating the staff to get back to, to you know, where they should be and, and a team that's playing in postseason. And it's a, off to a great start. So these – Yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think there's, I think there's pieces, right, and, and this is – you know, putting a team together is like a puzzle. And I think if you look at Illinois, there are pieces there for the team to be successful in certain areas. Defensive line is the biggest concern in the portal. I think so. I think boom, you're off to a great start. Dude, Clay Clay can come in and play right away. Yeah, the kid, the kid can come in and play immediately. He is a that is a grown man, and you know he's going to take care and do the right things, right? Uh, Bryce Barnes was an effective defensive lineman for us. Clay's more athletic. Like, I'm just telling you, I watched the film. He's more athletic. And I love Bryce. Bryce is really, really strong. Uh, So if they could fix some puzzle pieces of the defensive line, cornerback, and then add offensive line, I think those are the three biggest areas that Illinois needs some guys who can come in and play right away because I think there's pieces elsewhere. I think this has a chance to be a really good offense next year. I think Lunny's trying, starting to find his 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 form with this team. Now, granted, we're going to probably be without our top two receivers, but I think there's talent on the edge there, right? And I think Sean, Sean Miller doesn't leave if he thinks he's going to replace Casey Washington. And I don't, I honestly, I mean, I'm not knocking Sean. He's a great kid. I love what his mom said to you today. I think he, he wants to look at a place where he has a guaranteed, some guaranteed playing time. And I, and I don't think he has that. I think you're probably looking at Ashton Hollins taking that place. Malik Elzey's going to step up there. I think we're going to see a little bit more Canary Wilcher. But there's, we, we got, we've got running backs coming back. We've got running backs coming in. We've got O line pieces that will be back. We've got O line pieces we got to fill in. But we're right there. We're real close right there on offense to be really effective. So then you need to replace some things on defense, and I'm excited about what the team's doing because they, I, they see that. It wouldn't surprise me to see another big offensive lineman in the portal too. So I really expect that at least. I think you know, with Schuster coming, you know, with Schuster being healthy and then you add an Andrew Dennis into the mix, you know, Brandon Henderson has a year under his He's, belt. Henderson's going to fight for a tackle spot. I really do believe that. And listen – Zy Chrysler was a much better player second half of the season. If Zy Chrysler's healthy, can he play right tackle? Can he play, you know, so I I think that's potential. I know it didn't look good at the beginning of the year, but he was really banged up and hadn't hadn't taken a ton of reps there. So and another year of Kroots getting under his belt. He'll be he should be even better this next year as a sophomore. Add five add five pounds, five, ten pounds to him. That'd be great. There's a there's an O lineman from Cincinnati that's really interested in Illinois that's in the transfer portal. Uh, you know, that's that's the damn near power Texas five team. And, so. Yeah, Texas. That A&T. is a power five team. Now I forgot. Yeah, yeah, Texas. Yeah, A&T has an off that Illinois offered to Texas A&M. Was it Strickland? Yep. Yep, Strickland. Um, to answer some of your questions real quick, um, how did Minnesota get in a bowl at five and seven? Their APR, they had the highest APR. Because it's academic was- progressive progression rate, and so that's basically graduating players in essence. And there's. I'm shocked Illinois wasn't even in the top ten to be honest with you. So well, there's a, there's a level of it if you go pro early. Yeah, that's a that's a hurt. I think if you transfer, it hurts. If you transfer without graduating, there, there's there's some weird things in it that don't necessarily equate to like the overall health of the academics like on the football team. Uh, so it's it's I don't know, it's another one of those NCAA who the hell knows deals. So. And and I feel confident Petty's going to follow through and sign with Illinois. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of really good players. You know, we sit back and think, and people were kind of there was people complaining about Bielema's recruiting ranking. There was nothing wrong with last year's class and this next year's class. 
even though they've lost a couple kids, there hasn't been that many guys that have jumped off besides Chase Green the last week or two. And we had Caleb Pye from, you know, a month ago. And they're still talking to Caleb. So that's not that's not that's not cooked from what I understand. Yeah, so really, this class has stayed together. It's pretty good. Tanner Hollinger was offered, you know, from Nebraska. Nebraska, yeah. And, yeah, and he hasn't jumped off, so he still wants to play at Illinois. Dude, uh, Khalil, Val- Khalil Valentine's electric. I know that, you know, fans want to talk about skill position players and what the skill position what the skill position players can do. That kid's electric. So it'll be exciting to see. Oh yeah. That's definitely a guy. I think by year two, he's going to be impact impact. I think he might get some, some time next year, but with you have, you're going to have a law free as a, you know, a junior and you got Fegan. I think the fact that Reggie love, I know Reggie loves a guy named, we haven't really mentioned yet, but I think uh, apparently uh, it's not a surprise to Brett Bielma. You know, behind the scenes, he'd been kind of talking. He said off and on the last year or two about maybe maybe leaving. So with Reggie Love leaving, you know that opens up the door more for for Fegan and uh, and Lawfrey, and and we'll see what McCray does. To be honest with you, it wouldn't shock me if McCray left to go back down south somewhere. He's had so many injury issues. I know he loves the program, but it just wouldn't surprise me. You know, I think sometimes you see things and you kind of see what's in front of you and you see Fegan, I think is really taking that spot to me personally. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I wish Reggie, like, I, I, I don't, I don't know what the, the story is in, in the locker room. Right. And it's not one of those things I'm going to ask that question to the people in the know, because I don't think that's fair to Reggie. I don't feel it's fair to guys in the program. I love the way the guy, the kid played, he played, ran, run, ran really hard, uh, came through for us in some, some tough games, uh, had and, and but he was you know consistently banged up. I, I don't know what he's necessarily looking for, but I hope we don't close the door in case he wants to come back. I mean, Casey Washington committed to Wake Forest and never never ended up there, and thank goodness he didn't because you know that that ended up being our guy, and uh, it had a really great senior season. So love to see love to see uh, Reggie potentially come back if he wants to. But overall, I think the running back room will be okay if he decides to, that Illinois is not where he wants to finish. 100% now. I'm hearing Purdue. What? Yeah. But here's the thing, too. You got Tracy and Maccabee. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, so, with that said, let's let's transition uh, to the Illini basketball team who had a huge road win yesterday um, and really sparked by, as I said, elite defense. I mean, I think – you know, not just winning by 18 on the road, but out rebounding your opponent, uh, 55 to 27. Kev is really kind of unheard of in the Power Five conference. You Illinois know? hadn't had Illinois hadn't had a rebounding differential like that in conference since 1995 against Northwestern. And if you go back to the 1995 team, I think that had like Andy Petty and uh, uh, who was a bit Clark. <laughs> I can't remember Clark's first name, but it was just you know. It's just pretty impressive that we we do this and we don't have a traditional big playing more than 20 minutes. It's because we got grown-ass men on the wings and at guard rebounding the basketball. And I, I talked about this. We talked about this when McCumber was on the show last week, is that I really felt that that's where Illinois was going to put their mark on it. And then Illinois goes out and shoots 45% from three, nine for 21. I love the number. I love it if Illinois could stay in that 18 to 22 range for threes, get those shots in the paint. Marcus Damask asserted himself. And then we just flat out shut off their water. You know, uh, they they made some, they made a bank in three and they got, and they were getting love in the first half at the free throw line or else that game would have been a 30 burger. So I was really excited that uh, with, with how Illinois ended up playing that game and what they did, and, and they, they controlled they controlled it from start to finish, regardless of the fact that it was a you know two point three point game or one, at one point. So and this this is going to be the five minutes that all the f- fans wanted to hear. This isn't really an argument because we're not arguing. We're just going to talk. Oh, we're, well, we're going to argue. Oh, okay, we're going to argue. Oh, okay. Well, hold on a second. You know, no, we're we're gonna argue like we argue, like we argued yeah. about Lovey no. Smith. And let and me no, say this, fine. And, and let me let me do my best uh, precursor for people who jump on one tweet and there. You know, you can tweet one thing and several things can be true. Okay, sure. So let me, so let me say this: Ty Rogers, love his effort, love the player he is, love his qualities. I love what he can bring on the glass. 
I love his tenacity. I love that he doesn't let his mistakes necessarily bring his attitude down defensively. I think he brings a lot of awesome things to the team. And I love Ty Rogers as a player. So I want a precursor that. So for anybody who thinks that I'm, I hate a player or I don't like a player because I make a specific tweet about the moment in the game, which is why you live tweet, right? I mean, you're not tweeting about, oh, what will, what will the, what will it look like in 40 minutes of game action? You know, it's when, like the it's like the Malik Elzey thing. We happen to notice he was the first guy off the field, and like yeah. we're just sharing with people what we noticed. And like I said in the tweet, he might have had to take a shit. Like we don't know. It yeah. just was it was just concerning because there were rumors that that he might have been unhappy. And where do those rumors come from? So maybe Twitter. Who knows? But it, obviously, it doesn't. It wasn't the case. And we just yeah. we're just we're just reporting what you see. Because and, I've and had a bunch of people saying we don't know why you hate Ty Rogers so much. I'm thinking what. Like, I've never one time said I can't stand him. And I actually love him as a player. Here's where I what I was talking about, okay? I think me and Kev d- differ on how much time Nico's going to get when he gets back, and that's okay. But uh, Ty is the point guard on the team because Illinois doesn't have anybody who really handles – who can handle the ball or they want to handle the ball as much, you know, to set an offense up. You don't need Shannon doing it because he's going to be, you know, a guy you're focusing to get the ball to. So um, without Moretti, you know, to, to help in the moment, Harmon can be a guy to do that. But Rodgers is able to handle the ball well enough to bring the ball up court. So when I made that tweet, he had three turnovers in the first 10 minutes of the game, okay? And I don't think it's unfair for me to say that within 10 minutes. And one of those passes midcourt literally was about stolen for another breakaway layup, which would have been his fourth turnover in 10 minutes which those turnovers, and he wasn't the only one doing it, I can say this. Damask had a couple dumb passes as well. But that would have been his fourth and ten minutes that Rutgers converted to transition points. So at that moment, that tweet was, I feel justified. It's that he needs to take a seat, sit down on the bench, let let bring Harmon in, let, let's kind of get let him see what's happening with this press because he was struggling with it, and there was problems with – guys not coming back to the ball and him trying to get rid of it so quickly when there was times that he could have covered, he could have dribbled the ball past half court, but he chose to pick his dribble up. And those are things you just can't do when you're being relied upon to be the main ball handler. So I just felt like it's okay to sit someone, you know, if you're struggling with something to maybe get a better view of what's happening from the bench. And I feel like people jumped on that saying that, he doesn't need to play anymore. He can't play the position. No, he ha- he's going to have to. He has handled it better of late. But still, I feel like it was justifiable, my tweet. And I feel like he is getting better at, at, at certain things. But he's just not a natural facilitator. I think he can do those things. But when Moretti gets back, Kev, you think 10 to 12 minutes? I think at least 15 for Moretti. Because, and I, I say this. Brad Underwood has said it out of his mouth. You know, he's been so good in practice. Before that Southern game, it's like we just can't keep him on the bench. Like we need to have him because you think about this too. When Illinois is not making shots like they were against Southern, they weren't making shots that first half. Nico Moretti came in and lit a spark. He's able to drive and hit guys on fast breaks when the ball's supposed to be there. He can run the offense and find the guys who are open. Uh, they were he can, knock, he can knock down an outside shot. He can drive. He can finish with either hand. Yeah, he, he's, he can play. So. Yeah, so there's things that he can do that 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 uh, that Rogers just doesn't naturally have that mentality of of running an offense or facilitating. So, uh, but Rogers has a, enough attributes and qualities that uh, he needs. He's going to be playing 20, 25 minutes a game. But I think when Nico's healthy, you're going to be seeing him run point a lot more than people thought he would so that's that's my the, take kev and there the, we go the the, cha- the challenge is as we get into some of these games and december doesn't december doesn't give us any opportunity for there, there's no cupcakes on the schedule in december right it's, yeah and ready won't be back till maybe the missouri game like you said uh, yeah i don't know i mean i i hope he's ready to go uh tuesday night you know yeah. I, I love what the kid brings but if he's not ready to go to the missouri game then you, then you got to knock rust off and there's no time to knock rust off right now there's the, the the schedule in December is nothing but NCAA tournament teams from a year ago. 
with Colgate being on there and Fairleigh Dickinson as well. Now, granted, I don't think that either one of those teams should put a scare in Illinois. Colgate might because it could be a potential trap game, but I do think that these guys are old enough and big enough that it won't be a problem. That's what I'm saying now. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know where the minutes are going to come for him to to knock the rust off. And the challenge is, is just like we started with what Illinois did against Rutgers. What Illinois did against Rutgers, defense and rebounding are two things that Ty Rogers is phenomenal and exceptional at, and two things that aren't really Moretti's forte. Now, once again, going back to what I was talking about, the football team about putting a roster together, and the rosters are about putting a puzzle together. Nico Moretti has skills that nobody else on this team really has. He is the true, he's the only true facilitating point guard that we have on this team. But we're not going to have that many. I don't know that we're going to have that many teams that are going to come out and press us like Marquette and Rutgers on the rest of the schedule. I, I just don't know where that that ball pressure is necessarily going to come from. And those were the issues where Ty was making some mistakes. And the way the way you eliminate ball pressure is you force teams into tough shots and you get rebounds where we could come into some trouble is if we're, if, if Moretti is, is not, he is not as good a defender. He's not as versatile as Rogers. You have to do things differently with him on the floor. Same thing with Dane. You have to do things different. Illinois is switching a lot. We did that earlier in the season last year and we got burnt on it because guys just weren't capable of sticking and, and communicating assignments with this team being so much older, so much more experienced, so much stronger and bigger, this team's able to do that. And and I think that Moretti's going to be a little bit limited in what he can do for this team in that role. I do think he fills a really good role in some spot minutes to give the team some life, and he absolutely did that against Southern. He had four points, three assists. I think he had three rebounds, so, so I'm not knocking his rebounding. Uh, he, he's just not – like, let's never argue that he's going to be as good a rebounder as Ty Rogers. He's just not. Uh but he also had three turnovers in that time frame. So, I mean, he he can – but his, his passes are because he's trying to make something really, really great happen sometimes, and it, the speed of the game is just not there for him yet. I do think that over time, Ty Rogers will continue to get better as a facilitator. I think he's a really phenomenal passer uh, for a guy his size. So – We'll see. I just don't. I just don't think that. I mean, some people are like Nico Moretti's going to start. I, I don't see that. I don't see Illinois tinkering with the starting lineup this year outside of injury. I think uh, now. I think that that could be a reason too, depending on how long it takes him to come back. I mean, I think sooner the better. I think a Colgate game would be a perfect game for Moretti to get some time because they don't have superb athletes. You know, they're going to nickel and dime. You know, they're going to backdoor cut. They're going to – there's a guy – they're probably about as athletic as me and you running around out there. <laughs> oh, so, so those that, – that's a perfect game. You need a, a floor general who's going to find guys on, you know, the back door or the – you know, just – it's going to be a methodical uh, game. Or even though – I mean, Arizona just beat the doors off of Colgate. And while I don't know if Illinois is a top four team this year, I think Illinois – at the end of this week, when we play FAU and uh, Tennessee, will prove itself to be a legit top 10, 15 type team. Um, I think they're worthy of their ranking. And I think with a bunch of teams losing and surprise, Illinois, the Southern team I was just mentioning, went on the road and just beat number 21 Mississippi State tonight. Uh, you know, they beat them 60 to 59. And that was actually their second big win on the road. They went, they had, went on the road and beat UNLV earlier in the year, and they just beat Mississippi State. So I right. think, yeah, a, a Mississippi State team who was going to fall out of the rankings, but still was ranked. So it was pretty impressive. So yeah, I mean that's it's always impressive when you're a school which has a quarter of the funding of another program. You know, I don't even think Southern brought their own trainer really to the game. I think I remember one of their players got hurt, and the Illini training staff had to go help him out. Um, so a big win for them, but point being huge week. Um, I think. Too, if you've, I've been keeping up with FAU with high interest. They make a, they've been making a ton of threes. Okay, so, but they d defensively they haven't really been that good. Um, if you look at their schedule, they give up, they give up a lot of points too. They've been outscoring, they've outscored the good teams they've beaten this year. Um, they outscored Texas A&M in a high, high volume game of, of points. Um, even yeah, ninety six to eighty nine. Yeah, 96 to 89. They just gave up 74 at home to Charleston. 
Well, you Charleston know, had him at halftime too. So yeah, and Charleston had him up six. Um, they given up. I know Butler. I think they played Butler in a really close game earlier in the year too. Uh, a higher, and that's not really a high scoring Butler team. But if you look up the FAU, they give up quite a bit of points. So to me, the length of Illinois, the size of Illinois, I think is going to give FAU some real problems. And I think if Illinois can keep FAU under seventy five, I think they can win the game. Because I think Illinois is going to score more than 75. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Illinois is going to have to continue to do what it does well. And I think Illinois does some things that are going to pro- propose some problems for FAU. And FAU pretty much runs four guys around their big their big center. He's 7'1", 240, good player. He's going to cause us some, some troubles there because it just, just his overall size. He's Golden. not exactly – Golden. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Valley Valley Skiba or whatever something. Yeah, uh, Golden, and he was he was fun to watch in the NCAA tournament run to the Final Four last year. Um, Greenlee, Elijah Martin, um, John L. Davis. Uh, John L. Davis is the flamethrower today or yesterday that put up a bunch of points on Charleston in that second half. You know, I think Terrence Shannon's going to be on John L. Davis. I think uh, yep. you're going to see um, Coleman Hawkins. Um, play golden to a degree, but he's going to bring golden out, which is going to cause big problems. I think you'll see, uh, you'll see Damask and maybe on Elijah Martin and Damask has shown he's capable defensively to. Yes, absolutely. To cause problems. I mean, he's nearly six, six. I think that's going to be too a lot. And I think Ty Rogers, you know, is going to be a handful for their guards to deal with all, you know, in the paint too. So it'll be fun, but you already know they're going to shoot a lot of threes. They're going to try to run fast break. That's what they do. But I think defensively, if Illinois plays their game, they I, I, I'm going to pick Illinois to beat FAU. I think it's going to be a super tall task to go to Tennessee and win, depending on how – I haven't seen an update on Connect. Connect. I haven't yeah. seen an update on Connect because – he really hurt his foot against North Carolina. And when you can't put any weight on it, that's not a good sign. So, um, but with that said that, well, I'm not going to, pre- we're not going to, I'm not going to make any predictions on the Tennessee game. Cause that's just going to be, you know, it's own, it's own animal. I think you got to focus one at a time and getting a, a top 10 because FAU is going to be back in the top 10 after this week. And I think Illinois is going to jump inside the top 20. I think they'll move into like probably 18 or 19. After a bunch of teams lost, some lost twice, you know, and Illinois looked very dominant against Rutgers, who, again, out-rebounded Rutgers by 28. And defensively, you know, the only reason that Rutgers was even close was the sloppy – the turnovers Illinois had in that first half really were the the, the reason that Rutgers was in the game. No, I, the, yes, yes, and foul trouble with Gary Ayer and, and Hawkins – caused some problems there that we, you know, we, we played Hansberry some significant minutes in the first half and I thought he did fine. Uh, but let's, yeah, we, stay one, out of foul one, trouble. we stay out of foul trouble, man. We're tough. We're tough. We stay, we, we stay out of foul trouble. That game. It's a 30 burger. I still don't understand like some of the calls that Courtney green was making. I, I the, this, I think the second and third fouls on Quincy Guerrier were just absolutely mind numbing. I don't get them. I don't get the loose ball foul on Justin Harmon, but we're not going to talk about that. I want to get back to FAU a little bit. Is that, is that where we're going to have to impo- we're going to have to impose our will with our size is like like just like uh, David Odd twenty five said in the chat he said hey listen they're small they're, they run they run a, a, a seven foot big and then they have got a bunch of guys who are like six four and below well we we run us we run we're we're big like we're we we run six six and above for every starting position and Quincy Guerrier is rebounding like a daggone man and so does so does the rest of his team and so it, it's one of those things it's like it's like it's like bait in the water for some starving sharks every time that ball comes off the rim. And FAU's, you know, a top 25, I think, top 30 offensive team in scoring at 83 points a game, but they're 103rd in defensive defensive scoring allowed. Illinois is in the top 10 in points allowed per game. We're also, I think, number one in the nation in field goal efficiency defense. If FAU really made their mark yesterday. Uh, like you said, they can't shoot well from three. They were 27 for 41 from two. That's 65%. Illinois is like the best two-point field goal defense in the country. Uh, you're not going to get that against us. We're just not going to allow you to – we're going to try to force the teams into 
into tough, tough shots, tough shots. And then when you do get to the rim, we got enough length and we got enough bounce that guys can come in and block some shots. This is really interesting. This game Tuesday night is going to play much like an NCAA tournament game. Whoever can impose their will on how they want this game to go. Uh, if we want to try to get into a track meet with them, it's probably not ideal. If we can force them into the ha- – don't get me wrong. We're going to run when we get our chance, and I love it when we get going downhill. But we're not going to make this – try to make this a running game. We're going to try to force them into half-court sets on offense and force them into tough twos, attack the glass, and go get some buckets on them. Uh, they got, they're going to want to keep us from, from getting runouts too because we we've had, have had some difficulty sometimes in the half-court offense. But we saw so much better ball movement against Rutgers. We've seen that a couple times this season. The weird thing for us is we don't get a lot of assists, but I think that it's I, I think we get, I don't understand it because I see some, enough ball movement. But I know that we do have some guys that really love to drive the basketball or you know or, or a guy like Damask. Damask is going to get a small guy on him. He's going to isolate him down in the paint and take him there. So and then if Tennessee doesn't have connect, I think Illinois can make this a two and zero week, which would be a great start to December. And and we've had some December woes under Underwood um, in previous seasons. Last season was kind of like the antithesis of the way the Underwood's teams have worked at Illinois. Uh, Underwood's teams at Illinois have had some some hiccups in December, and then really find their pace in the at the back half of the Big Ten schedule. It was kind of reversed last year where we beat Texas and UCLA in December. Oh, UCLA was November, but you know, still same same idea, late November, and then we we stumbled down the stretch in the Big Ten. I think this this team is this team is built for Underwood. This team is a bunch of freaking old men, tough dudes, and I'm really excited about what we saw. I do want to say, um, you know, I see a couple questions about you know why why didn't DGL get in? I, I just think game script just didn't really allow it. Uh, I love I love what Dre provides for this team. He's got unique athleticism and quickness at the guard position. Um, but he's he's a he's a little ball centric and he's a little bit shot heavy right now and I think that there was just some aspects in that game that it wasn't really matchup dependent didn't really work. Uh, now I do think as we go on in the season if we have some quick guards that are that are beating us off the dribble there's going to be opportunity for DGL to play. He 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 didn't get any he run on, get on in Saturday against FAU. Yeah, you know? he, he, he yeah he might play against FAU. He might not. I don't know, but I know that that Underwood's going to try to use him in spots that fit for him. You saw what he could do against Western. I mean, that drive take he had a bucket toward, at the rim was just really incredibly quick and, and great athleticism. And I'm going to tell you this, like, that kid is going to come into a game for us sometime, and if he starts hitting, he, he's one of those guys. He's kind of like, Trent Frazier was kind of like that. Trent, Trent hit one or two, watch out, he could hit six in a row. And DGL's definitely got that flame in him, but he's also got it where he hasn't hit one in a while. He hasn't made one. But once he gets that first one to go in, watch out. I, I, he's still going to be a contributor to this team, so don't worry about that. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I can tell you this, you know, just from the fact that I you know, know him, I talk to him off and on, his mom t- to a degree, usually once a week. He's, he's, a, he's his own worst critic, you know. He, he, yeah. felt like he, he felt like he lets the team down a couple of times. He missed a layup in one of those games, and he missed those threes against Marquette. He's he's a, he's a tough critic, and I think when he gets over that and sees that, you know, you're gonna you're probably gonna miss more shots than you make, you know. I think especially early on in your career, you know. So it's not about making your shots. It's you know being there for your team and. Uh, when you're defensively, you can't let what you did offensively affect you. And I think his team knows. Team's got his back. You know, he just wants to be there for his team and help the team win. And I think uh, that's that's kind of what's going on with Dre right now. Um, I think it's not surprising there'll be some games he doesn't play. That's okay. As freshman, it happens, you know. Uh, I yeah. think the only reason Amani's played as much as he has is because there's Coleman Hawkins, you know, had missed two weeks. He missed three full games. And uh, there was foul trouble. So, you know, there's going to be games that dictate where DGL will have to play because there's going to be some foul trouble games. Um, you know, so other than that, I'm not too worried about him. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. And, uh, yeah, this is a fun week because this could really propel Illinois, you know, into the Colgate and then the bragging rights game. You know, I think they're still going to be ranked after this week no matter what. But this could really propel them into a top 10-ish type you know, preseason, you know, before Big Ten play really hits. And, and and you know what? Northwestern just beat Purdue again, and that's who Illinois opens up with in Big Ten play. 
Well, so. and I'll also go back to the DGL thing, all right? So DGL got some run against Marquette. And so so I imagine there's some fans like, hey, kid got to play in a, in a, in a tough game in a, a non-con game. I think Brad Underwood treats the Big Ten just a little bit different. And playing a Big Ten game against Rutgers, like, listen, losing to Marquette is one thing. Uh, starting the conference season out, 0-1-1 is another. Starting the conference season out, 1-0 with a Sean Harrington plus one metric. I swear he stole that from me. I just didn't advertise it years ago. Uh you know, it is is a big deal, and I think that Brad just probably coached that game a little bit more like an NCAA tournament game, like and and that's maybe why he didn't get any run. And like and this week we got two, you know, we got non conference for the rest of, the, of December, and then like you said, we kick back up with Northwestern in January. And you know, Boo Booey, you know, second, he's one of the two top players in the country according to him, and I'm sure Terrence Shannon will be interested to hear that. So yeah. Yeah, and how good did Shannon look, though, man? <laughs> that, yeah, that's I, it. He's hitting threes. He's almost. He's pretty unstoppable. So, well, the uh, the, the thing about the thing about Terrence hitting threes, I think we're all we're all kind of weary from it because last year he would have, you know, he hit, hit eight against UCLA, and I'm not sure what he did the next game, but he he would have these moments where he'd go, you know, four or five from three, or and then the next game he'd go one of seven. He's not doing that this year. He's being really consistent. Is is he's he's hitting at a really high clip he's actually taking more he's making more his effective field goal percentage is way up and then like you said earlier he is shutting off the team's water on the other end of the field on, on the other end of the court as our defensive stopper we we we, we actually took him out to get a blow during the game because, just because he was tired and i actually saw we ran some offensive sets where terrence could just take a breath and just sit in the corner and then dave dave odd at 25 again appreciate you jumping in here brother Lo- love to hear you on the show uh with his t there you go. Yeah, love. I, I, absolutely, absolutely. Terrence has got to be moving up draft boards, right? Because he he is he is the most athletic guy at his size that we've had at Illinois in a really long time, right? He has more he has more pro offensive skills that will translate, in my opinion, than say Io, even though Io's been playing really well lately. Though now he's getting some run. Oh, he's getting and, a play, huh? Yeah. <laughs> His effective field goal percentage is over sixty percent. Like the guys, the guys got to play. He's got, and dude, he, he's hitting that. He's hitting that mid range like it's his job right now when he gets run. So that's nice. But I think Terrence has that. I think the next evolution for Terrence is once again that mid range game if he can hit the little pull pops. But I, I think Terrence is definitely establishing himself as a potential first round draft pick in the NBA right now. Yeah, his his stock's only going to keep soaring if if he's hitting around forty percent, even if it's 37, 38 by the yep. end of the year. How could yep. I mean, how? Why would that be a, a non-sexy? You know what I mean? Like, he's going to shoot seventy-five percent from the line. Uh, you watch how how much more effective he is driving right this year. That's another key aspect of his game that he's really worked on. He's put the effort in. Um, and and one thing I have to note on on the Shannon train, you know, Brad Underwood talks about it a lot. Is that he always guards the other team's best player every yep. game. There isn't a better two-way player in the country. There's just not. You know, like when you look at all these kids and guys that are on the first team or second team All-American, you know, it's Zach Eady's not his fault, but he's not always guarding the best player, you know. Tyler Colick, not always guarding the best player. There, there, you know, if you go down that list of the top 20 best players in the country. Hunter Dickinson, Amanda Baycott, yep, absolutely. Not all guarding the other team's best player. Terrence Shannon is the only probably maybe one – there might be one other guy in there, you know, because there's a bunch of guys that may be – a guy who does guard the other team's best player, but he's not shutting them off. I can tell you that. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's definitely increasing his stuff there. So it's, yeah. it's it's been it's been nice to see what he's doing. So I'm ex- I'm excited. What I'm loving the Luke Goody. Luke Goody's just looking confident. I mean, Luke Goody may lead the Big Ten this year in three point field goal percentage. I mean, man, if he gets some bunny set, dude, you just just count it. Like, yeah, just count might it. as well book it. And let me tell you, Damask is going to get his going rolling here soon. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's just it's just a matter of time. One thing I'd like to see from Marcus is kind of crazy is if you watch his highlights at Southern, he took a lot of deep threes. I know fans cringe when guys take deep threes. I've long since believed I'd rather have a guy take a shot three feet behind the, the three-point arc unguarded than on the arc guarded. And I, I think that uh, we haven't really seen that for Damascus. He hasn't really pulled from deep. And, and you know what? There's there's a level of it. He doesn't have to. It's really, it's really encouraging about Marcus. It seems like he's that guy that – we didn't need him to score 15 against Southern, so he didn't. We didn't need him to score 15 against Oakland, so he didn't. 
We needed him to score against Marquette. He did. We needed him to score against Rutgers. He did. And oh my goodness, you got a chance to see his 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 athleticism. This is a little bit underrated. When he had that drive, he was going to poke that. He was going to poke that, and he and he got he got fouled on the way up. I would have been really excited to see him get a nice little two hand or one hand flush in the middle of the lane. But uh, this this team's exciting, man. I'm I'm very bullish on them right now. He's got a he's got an awesome game from within 15 feet. Oh yes, he's got a fadeaway from about twelve feet. That's like money, you know. I almost yeah. I'm just like when he does, I'm like, oh, that's good, you know. Like, yeah. I already know he's, he's gonna gonna win, and the fact that he able controls his body, can use both hands around the rim. The rim. Yep. If you saw the first, I think the first basket of the game, he shielded a guy off and used his left hand to lay mm-hmm. it in, and uh, yeah, so, so loving what I'm seeing from Marcus. I think he's proven he deserves to be in the starting lineup and. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, even though he looked rusty, had a hell of a defensive game yesterday, in my opinion. He just does so much for the team that people aren't aware of. Like, and it's because I, I, he is a very demonstrable player, but like he plays a lot of emotion, and I'm okay with that. And yes, Coleman's going to piss us all off at times, but he, the the thing about Coleman is like people want people want Coleman to look good in the box score to have a good game, and that's not really. Yeah, he's gonna. He's don't get me wrong. He's gonna have games just like Brad said, where he hits four or five threes. Man, if if he's hitting from three, that just oh my goodness, it changes the whole dynamic of the offense. And he still has those one or two shots a game where you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, you're like passing but, up a, passing up an open three for a tough contested eighteen footer. You know, yeah. you're just like, dude, just take the open three. But that's yeah. but that's Coleman, man. That's just he's being himself. And at this point, it is who he is. Just, just, I just encourage the fans when he does it, just look at the shot clock because I know a lot of people are getting on his ass last year. And I'm like, guys, there's two seconds left in the shot clock when he took that shot. Like, get off his ass. Like, somebody had to shoot the daggone ball. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, but, uh, but I think people learn and appreciate what he does on the uh, defensive side of the ball with contesting tough shot, making guys shoot tough shots. And he has that ability with that, like that dish he had to Gurrier for the, the tomahawk poke. Like yeah. that was just I was that's what he can do. He can he can put pressure on defenses in ways that not many guys his size in college basketball can. So oh yeah, definitely. So super, super thrilled with that. Uh loving what's going on. Marez Johnson had a big week. I think he helped they take down number one Kenwood yesterday. He mm-hmm. had a he had twelve and eight, but it's really his defensive prowess. And you know, there ain't there ain't a better big in the state of Illinois than Marez Johnson. So a lot of uh, things going. We gotta get. In, we gotta keep up. I'm gonna keep up with what Jason Jackdis is doing at uh, Yorkville High yep. School. Gotta keep going on with him. But just a lot to be excited about with Illini basketball, and uh, at least Illinois football is 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 already kicking ass. You know, on the the transfer portal on the recruiting trail, and so far, really, the team hasn't lost a ton. I know December fourth tomorrow is the big day. So. That's where we keep your eyes peeled. Uh, keep your eyes peeled. That's tomorrow's the big day. So, uh, and I'm gonna work on seeing if maybe Clay will give me a little sneak about who the who the name is tomorrow. I might, you know, I might. We'll, we'll see who it is. But uh, Kev, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Any final thoughts uh, for this this Sunday night episode 65 of Keeping Orange and Blue? Hell yeah, I got some final thoughts. Okay. You go 13-0 in a Power 5 conference, you deserve to be in the college football playoff. It was an absolute travesty what the college football playoff committee did for Florida State. Uh, I'm sorry, you don't like the fact that they went ugly with their third-string quarterback? Well, Alabama had their first-string quarterback and needed a miracle on 4th and 31 to beat an average Auburn team who just lost to New Mexico State by 21. At home, Florida State just beat a beat a top-20 offense and held them to six points. They beat them by 10 points, a 10-win football team. In the college football, in a, in, a, in a ACC championship game with their third string quarterback, yeah, I know they're not the same team without Jordan Travis. I get that, but they deserve. This is what it is. They deserve the opportunity to play for a national championship. You go thirteen and zero in the ACC, and there's not four other. You know, if there's four other, if if Texas was twelve and zero and Georgia or thirteen and zero and Georgia beat Alabama. I'd be fine leaving a 13-0 Florida State out of the national championship run, but you cannot tell me that those kids did not deserve a chance to play for the national championship. You're not Vegas. You don't have the right to say, well, I don't think they're going to win or I don't think they're going to provide a competitive game. That's bullshit. They won all their games. They beat LSU by a bigger margin than Alabama did. 
I can go over this on and on and on they and on again. They pistol LSU too, by the way. They did. And if 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 Kansas State kicks the field goal in overtime, I am a hundred percent confident they would have beat Texas in that game. So don't don't give me this that you know other teams have injuries too. That defense is phenomenal. That's a thirteen and zero football team. They deserve to play it in the college football championship. And Frank and it pisses me off. Do I think they were going to win? No. Do I think they were going to give somebody? Honestly, they should have been the number three seed. It should have been Michigan, Washington, Florida State in that order, and then you choose between Alabama and Texas. And frankly, it should have been Texas. But the 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 committee unwillingness to leave an SEC team out of it had to do that. I frankly think if Georgia would have won, it would have been it would have been the it would have been Florida State would have been in there. It would have been Georgia, Michigan, uh, Washington, and Florida State have been the four undefeated teams. But because they didn't, they didn't have the stones to leave the SEC out of it, and. Florida State against Washington for all the crap that every people of Florida State wouldn't do, give anybody a game or TCU about deservedly so. We got a 65 to set. We've had blowouts in the national championship game before. That's bullshit. The kids deserve the opportunity. What Mike Norvell did with that team was fantastic, and I'm really pissed off. And uh, I, I just think it's garbage, and I think the college football world should step up and speak out about it. Uh, it's it's just nonsense. And somebody, big ant, rolled on here, roll tide. Bullshit. I want Michigan and Wisconsin, uh, Michigan and Washington to win. I want no part of Texas or Alabama being in that national championship game because flat out it's bullshit. Florida State didn't do it. So I'm rooting for I'm rooting for UM and UW. 100 percent. Yeah, I think, uh, man, I wouldn't even though it's the players deserve to play, man. If that FSU program just said, fuck Georgia, we're not playing in the game. So I, I would be like this. Go end your season undefeated. As you deserve to. No, screw uh, that. Go beat Georgia's ass. Like, yeah, I mean, true. But I'm going to be honest. If Florida State was the four seed against Michigan, I think that defense would give Michigan problems. They would. They I would. Mean, you saw what Iowa Iowa gave them problems. They had 200 yards against Iowa. You know? Like, uh, oh, by, by the way, all the Illinois fans that would have criticized Barry Lunny, we had 281 against them. So, just yeah, saying. Illinois would have scored against Michigan in the Big Ten title game. Just going to say that. But yes. – uh, so anyway, I think Florida State would have given Michigan a way better game than Iowa did. So uh, it is what it is, and I'm I'm 100% in agreement with you on that. Um, my final thought: there can't really top that. I'm glad like you had the floor for that because I agree with you, and that really is the biggest thing right now going on in, in sports is that that travesty of the college football playoff, and now it's moving to a 12 team system. Um, I mean, I guess I'm, I'll say this. I'm happy for Liberty. Go go give Oregon a fight, you know. I think that'll be a fun one to watch. Tulane yeah. beat USC last year, so. Yeah, Tulane beat USC. I think Liberty playing Oregon will be a good one. But uh, with that said, uh, my final thought, we appreciate all of everybody who watches the show, who stays up on Sunday nights, who listen on Spotify, and who subscribed on YouTube. And if you haven't subscribed on YouTube, go for it. Keep it in orange and blue. 200calms.com. We appreciate you guys. Uh, we appreciate everybody who comments on these. Uh, it's a slow build, but we appreciate everybody who, who tunes in, who cares, who loves the program as much as me and Kevin do. Uh, it's definitely an honor and a privilege to, to have you guys care about what we say. So Kev's got a new camera. He's got a new setup. He's he's going to have some new podcasts coming out. You want any, any shameless, not just shameless, any plugs for any other podcast, Kev? Yeah, I, I don't I don't have everything built up yet, but I'm doing a sales and leadership podcast that I should be coming out with pretty soon. Uh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to have snippets of sales for anybody who's in sales. It's going to be a little five minute clips that you can listen to before you walk into a meeting, uh, give you some clarity of thought. And then I'm going to have some some sales leaders that I've worked with uh, throughout the years. I'm going to bring them on in, multi, in a multitude of different industries and uh, probably keep the show about 25 to 30 minutes max. Uh, and like I said, with a couple weekly little five minute clips for everybody just to kind of take with them and go get, go get it done. Uh, thank you for the plug. Once I come up with the name and have it, I'll put it out there. But uh, one thing I am going to do, uh, it, the thought came to me a little bit earlier today, and I think it'll be a lot of fun is I'm going to set up a bull pick them league uh, for the keep it at orange and blue listeners. And we can just keep track of it as we go. So uh, we'll just do a, a confidence picks and we'll just do, we'll just do, we won't do spreads. So we'll just do who you think is going to win and uh, a confidence pool. I'll set that up probably through Yahoo or ESPN or something like that and have a little fun for our listeners and 
maybe the whoever wins it we come on the show for five minutes or something like that yeah so. yeah you come on the show plug plug whatever you want but anywho with that said illinois they'll be in the top 20 tomorrow yes and then when the ap poll comes out which will be beautiful and uh excited about the fau matchup 5 30 guys yeah i was just gonna say hustle home on tuesday night <laughs> yeah 5 30 i think illinois was a 5 30 game last year too weren't they against texas yeah it yeah. might have been. Yeah. I went Duke played in the second game. So, yeah. all right. With that being said, enjoy the rest of your night. Swami out. ILL. I and I.